and welcome to episode 41 of Penny Red. My name is Daniel Hodges, writer and designer of Victoria, and your host. This week I'm very lucky to have Satine Phoenix from episode 14 back in the studio. Hi, Satine, how's it going? Hey, man. Good to be here. Welcome. Thanks for having me back. Oh, it's... Welcome, uh, welcome to your show. <laughs> that's, that's right. Yes, we, uh, we welcomed each other to our... Well, Satine did it, and then I just followed suit like a sheep, because um, <laughs> you could see into a house. So I suppose I am really going into your uh, into your house. So um, so what have you been up to in the last six months? I think it's been almost exactly six months since last we talked. Oh, man, well, I had the charity event, the Celebrity Dungeons & Dragons charity right. event. Right. We raised over $1,000, and we had an anonymous donor. Well, I know who the guy is, but he's anonymous to everyone else, and yeah. he donated $500 with the books to the same charity. Nice. And that's for um, Reach Out and Read, yes. um, rorlosangeles.org. Right, cool. And so who did you have at the uh, Celebrity Dungeons & Dragons this year? Uh, well, Keith Baker wrote the adventure again. Right, cool. And... Um, we had Neil Fisher, who's a producer on a, a show called um, Sushi Girl with Noah Hathaway and right. um, a bunch of other people that I can't remember their names because I'm really bad at that game. <laughs> I can draw them for you, though. Oh, yeah, Mark Hamill's in it, I think. Nice, nice. Yeah, so um, he was there, and, you know, I, I was a big dummy. I had a lot of people interested, and for some reason, the only weekend that I could do it was the same weekend as the New York Comic Con. So uh, we didn't have Chloe Dexter, and we didn't have Javier, and Will Wheaton was talking about um, being inter- like being involved. Sure, but you know, uh, that was my bad. There should—I don't know if there is, but there needs to be a big convention list. That's right. Yeah, I, that was one of the things that I sort of tried to investigate when it came to promoting my book was to figure out the sort of conventions that I might be able to go to, and it's surprisingly difficult to discover what all the conventions are. Right? Like, like you can get them from word of mouth, but this doesn't—at least not that I'm aware of—and perhaps a listener can let me know. Um, there a repository or even a Google calendar. There's a job for someone with all of the conventions all over the uh, the country on it yeah. um, and that way you could coordinate that type of stuff and you wouldn't have that sort of uh, sort of thing going on so did you see the picture of Will Wheaton and the guy proposing to the girl on the internet that was I think that was New York Comic Con was it I, I didn't actually see it but I saw someone post about it I've kind of been overly busy lately <laughs> yes yeah well that's 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 the way it goes but uh, so where what else have you been up to other than the uh, than the celebrity Dungeons and Dragons uh, well, that's a big chunk of my time and sure. power, but I've been writing a comic. I think I talked about this um, last time well, I was let's, on. Well, then, let's have an update. Well, it's called New Praetorians, and I just laid out the first chapter, and it's three trades big. It's freaking epic. It's nice. really big, and I'm kind of scared about it. But I um, you know, have a lot of uh, art friends that I've been hanging out with lately and just going in and trying to look at different styles. And I mean, it's hardcore. It's science-based. It's based on on fringe science. It has mm-hmm. a female lead. Nice. I don't know what I'm allowed to say because, like, I'm the illustrator and the co-creator, but um, the other guy's the writer. Sure. So um, we've just been so having so much fun doing the creating of it. We haven't really agreed on what we're supposed sure. to say about it, except <laughs> it's going to be pretty badass. So, is there any way that people can go to look for official updates on that? Um, just my site, setteamphoenix.net, and that one's really slow. But um, something that came out. Actually, the funding for it just ended yesterday. Was um, I'm illustrating a role-playing game called Massinations of the Space Princess. Right. And um, we had it on Indiegogo with James Desborough. He wrote it. Right. And um, we asked for like $1,000, and we ended up with $4,600. Nice. 
Yeah, so that was really cool. So now I'm going to do like um, a DM screen for it. Nice. Yeah, cool. I know. Can you imagine like my art just like bam, bam. <laughs> That sounds pretty cool. It's interesting how that goes. Like as soon as one of those things catches fire, like it, I, I've never, I've never seen one that's just sort of with a relatively modest total just limp across the the line. Right? Like it seems to be if you go for something that's pretty realistic, then it's you know, and then include those cool stretch goals, then it seems to really, um, at least from my limited experience, it really seems to go over the top, right? Like you would got it four times yeah. as much as you as you thought, and it it allows for that, all that extra cool sort of uh, stuff to happen, right? So. So yeah, good yeah, for you. Yeah, things like the first stretch goal was um, to actually have it in color because <laughs> coloring is way hard. So I'm like, yes. all right, double it and I'll color it. Right. And then the third one was the DM screen, and the fourth one, which we just kind of the, the money was there, so we're like, oh, thanks guys for doing this. So we're going to have a tarot deck about like nice. you know, spacey tarot deck. Nice. And cool. I think we talked before where I'm like super obsessed with fantasy and. Dungeons and Dragons specifically. Sure. Um, so this is kind of a bizarre thing because it's all sci-fi. Yes. Yeah. Well, that's that's my um, that's my uh, white whale, I guess, in terms of trying to find something sci-fi that I actually that I actually like. Like I loved Star Wars, and then there was the whole business with Traveller, and then subsequently, I've really not found anything space-related that has uh, sort of captured my imagination. Maybe this will be it. I hope so. Because <laughs> for me, it reminds me of all those um, sci-fi books that I used to read, like from. Not, I didn't read them in the seventies, but they were from the seventies. Yes, like yeah, seventies. Like they're old-fashioned, and there's a lot of characters too. Um, mm. the, the way he's developed the character creation is you have like a ton of races that you can actually intermix together. Right. So sure. instead of saying here's your five primaries, like here's your characters in their class, like to, here's a bunch of stuff that you can mix and match. Right. And, sure. So, like, each character is super, super fine-tunely uh, specific. Mm. So it's like a rainbow universe. Yeah, <laughs> just that. <laughs> laser guns. <laughs> it's a great big melting pot. with laser guns. <laughs> so so, uh, so, what else have you, you, you've got? One other thing there that I've, I've been sort of following off and on, but uh, uh, you're doing drawings of the Monster Manual? Yeah. <laughs> so um, I like drawing girl things because yes. I'm a girl. And yes. girls are pretty in my eyeballs. Yes. I mean, guys are pretty too, but... Yeah, um, no, not so much. Manual, <laughs> <laughs> I live in L.A. Everybody's pretty out here. <laughs> but in the Monsters Manual, um, they're either androgynous mm-hmm. or they're male. I mean, there's some that are female, like it's a queen or something, or mm. specifically this is a female, whatever. Right. So I'm drawing female versions of the monsters, like... The one that I didn't get to finish because something happened with the camera or something was this beholder. Mm-hmm. So she had big sateen lips and big eyelashes <laughs> and all the little eyes had like big eyelashes. And then just underneath her chest where like the bottom part is just boobs, just tons of boobs <laughs> on top of each other. And it's, re- it's really ridiculous. I-, I should find that one and post yes. it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> That, that sounds uh, strange. <laughs> Look, I have, the behold, I have the beholder and areolas of the beholder staring at you. <laughs> yeah, that one's a little more risky. The other ones are actually pretty PG. Mm. And one of my friends, who's a journalist, said, um, he's like, are you doing anything art-related that is something I could show my, uh, my 11-year-old daughter? I was sure. like, well, actually I do. And so just go to my YouTube. It's like youtube.com slash Satine Phoenix. Right. And it's called Monster Maidens. 
Right. And um, the last one is like every girl's fantasy. It's the hippocampus. Yes. Which is a weird name for this creature. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like the body of the the torso of a horse and then yeah. the tail of like a koi or yeah. beta fish or something. It's, sure. It's like underwater steed that's just majestic. And right. It's like, um, like big, crazy like fur things like coming out of the mane and then there's a little bit of fur with the tail. It's... I'm not really good at describing things. You should just go and watch yes, it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> YouTube.com forward slash the Teen Phoenix. Um, so I've got a couple of questions here. One of them is uh, a serious question, so I'll leave that one for later. Uh, but the other <laughs> question I was going to say is, so if you could be – now, along with that, do you need to come up with, like, a feminized uh, words for the various creatures? No, I just call them what they're called, and then I, like, just draw female versions. But, like, I'm – I'm working on this one that it's taking me like two weeks to doodle and kind of get right. Mm-hmm. Uh, the chimera, chimera, right. yep. chimera. Yep. I don't know what people like to say. <laughs> I'm like, I'm learning so much about animals doing this right. because a lot of the monsters are based on pieces and parts of other animals. Yes. So with the chimera, it's like, all right, head of a lion. One of the heads is a lion. Well, what does a female lion look like? Mm. Like another one's a head of a goat. So what kind of goat? There are, so many goats in the universe. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite type of goat is the fainting goat. Have you seen those those crazy guys? Or oh, you should check fainting goats out. Like, do it. You do a search on uh, on YouTube for uh, for fainting goats, and uh, I think you'll be very very pleasantly surprised when you watch uh, what you see. But so, and then you've got a, the the head of a um, a dragon. Is it? Is the third one a dragon? Or yeah. So the goat I chose a. Um cashmere because it's fancy right of course, yeah. and so like it's really beautiful and it actually has a mane instead of the lion because the lioness doesn't have the sure, mane sure. and then i chose um a white dragon mm-hmm. but if you go in and look at the descriptions of the different monsters and it, if you like, google maybe it's like D wiki or something like that sure the different there's different types there's different descriptions based on the different um level of like second edition, third, three point five, whatever. Sure. But um, I don't, I don't think I've really seen an accurate white dragon based on the description of it. Mm. Yeah, I, don't, I haven't sort of tried to uh, reconcile those those two things. But um, but yeah, the uh, I think that the white dragon is very striking. So I think that's a good uh, that's a good choice. But I don't know, do we as, as one of the. So, um, the, what are the names of the two big? I never really quite remember the name of the two sort of big dragons. There's the platinum dragon and the and the chromium dragon. And what, is it one of them a girl? Like Bahamut is a girl or something? Is it? I think Bahamut is a girl. Right. Yeah. I, can, uh-huh. I never quite remember which of those two. But those. that's like the a name of a specific mm. one. That's you know right, what yeah. I, yeah. So like, yeah, I should do that one too. Whole <laughs> 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 thing about um, the white dragon was uh, it has this like. It's, it has this like lizardy thing on the like under the chin. I can't remember what things are called. Wattles. It's like <laughs> all, it's like a a thing that hangs down from the chin. It's connected to the chest. And it has like this spike oh, thing. I don't it's, know. I, yeah, it's like really fascinating. Like you never <laughs> see that in drawings. You know? It's true. You're not drawing boobs on the dragon as well, are you? No. But, <laughs> so. So the body, the front part is the lion, but the back part is the goat with a snake head tail. Right, fiber. right, right. But um, it's a goat, so of course she has a uterus. Yeah, uh, yeah, and yeah. A uterus. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's an extremely... <laughs> 
That's an ex- extremely detailed drawing if you're able to draw the goat's uterus from behind, that's for sure. What is it called? Udders. I'm not, I'm not sure quite where you're going with this. Are you, are you talking <laughs> I about... I'm blushing right now. I know, I, I know I'm looking at you there with the red in the background. It's really setting off your blush as well as your uh, pink hair. Um, <laughs> Udders. Udders? Okay, right. I thought you were going somewhere completely different that I'm like, okay, so it's like a really sort of like sexy looking goat. Because I know that goat's tails stick right up, right? So, <laughs> so I'm getting really into goats, like uh, sex organs. And <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah, I said that. Yeah. I'm sure that... Um, yeah, so that's exciting. <laughs> Yeah, look out. Maybe that's an extra drawing you could do. It's guaranteed to be some sort of website out there for somebody that's into that type of stuff. There was somebody who was sitting on the edge of their seat there thinking that there's finally, here's, here's something that melds my three passions together. Uh, sex organs of goats, um, Dungeons and Dragons, and, uh, uh, well, I think that's probably enough. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to indulge any of that. <laughs> Otter is what I meant to say. And then there's a Piper tail. And that one, I don't know. I haven't done the research into that yet. Sure. So I I don't know if I'm making these drawings more complicated by doing all this research, but it's really fun for me. And I don't pump them out as often as people want. But, I mean, as long as I get a good drawing, right? Well, that's right. I mean, you can't hurry art. I think it's probably... um it's probably an accurate uh, a, a, a truism. Let's say a truism. I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to be dishing your pleasure. all of our thesauruses. <laughs> That's right. Thesaurus have, you dra- have, you, have you drawn a female thesaurus for your, uh, for your bestiary? <laughs> <laughs> I hear they've got big uteruses. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Uh, so I do Monster Maidens. Oh, actually, I am really rushing it, actually. Because um, the drawings are done in like forty minutes. Mm, sure. Yeah, it's so like twenty to twelve. I've been pushing them to 20, uh, to forty minutes. Right. Uh, but it's like a speed art, so the whole thing is: yes, you have like a female version. You're watching me draw a female version. My little brother is like a really awesome music producer, mm-hmm. so he did the music for it. It's really like down tempo, loungy, sure. and relaxing to listen to. Nice. But I also describe on it how I would use the monster in a game. Cool. And I ask other people how they would use it or nice. just other thoughts. So I'm mm. just kind of, I, it's kind of like a vlog sure. without me being in front of the camera. Mm. <laughs> and are you considering perhaps putting together an Indiegogo or something for a, a, a printed version of that with your, your, your words and, your, and the pictures there for people to use? Um, actually, I, I'm going to, but I'm not going to Indiegogo it. I'm just going to pay on on demand pod yeah sure. so basically i'm like okay i'm offering this if you want to buy it mm. and yeah cool. it ends up working out better that way the indiegogo and kickstarter is good for services you sure. know yep but um if you want the product i i prefer just mm. uh, no no yeah. understood yeah yeah for sure um so would you rather be a mermaid or would you rather be a um succubus uh, I'd be a mermaid. That one's the easy one. What, what's what's easy? Because last week's guest, Sean Nittner, asked him if he'd rather be a goblin or a uh, or a merman, and he had a real thing for uh, for mermen in terms of uh, uh, well, hated them. He hated them. He thought that they were associated with Aquaman. So um, that was a bit of an easy one. Actually, I was hoping you would choose mermaid, so then you'd have to defend your choice. So <laughs> <laughs> I set you up there. I'm sorry, but but I'm That's not really. Cool. No, you, obviously, you know me. Uh, yeah, a they're freaking pretty. 
and they live in the water. And that's amazing. Um, I like the Little Mermaid, so that's pretty good. And that's all superficial stuff. But um, I'm actually really fascinated with um, underwater sea creatures. Sure. Um, I watch, like, UFO YouTube things and um, cryptozoology mm. things. And uh, I guess they have found mermen. It's like the top body of a human and then the tail, like the bottom part of a right. fish. Right, sure. So, yep. yeah, aside from they're really pretty and the idea that this whole civilization lives underwater and mm-hmm. that's even more fantastical than things that romp about that could possibly be on land, you know, it's just like the super mystery of it is what I would choose. So you'd you know. like, okay, so you'll be like Daryl Hannah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, did you, I don't know if you saw, I did, um, Women of Geekdom calendar. Yes, yep, yep. Yeah, there was a girl who was Splash. Oh, right, she nice. was Joe Hannah from Splash. Cool. Actually, you almost got arrested for that. <laughs> for being, uh, looking like Daryl Hannah or for... for uh... Well, they, they thought she wasn't wearing a top. She was wearing pasties over her nipples, but she had, like, the long blonde hair. Sure. Uh, I don't know. Aesthetically, it is gorgeous. <laughs> I mean, like, I just love the whole mermaid thing. Where, where is this girl getting arrested? South Carolina. Um, but, like, was she down on the ocean shore and there's, like, was one of those, like, beach cops was going along there on his little quad? Or? Well, it was these, like, little angry old ladies. <laughs> they were really offended. And, I, you know, I am um, California girl and I'm very naive when it comes to anywhere else in America other than Miami and New York because sure. I'm a city girl. I had never been to a place like this. Apparently, you can't even get a tattoo below your wrist. And especially not on a Sunday. <laughs> had, like a girl in a mermaid outfit, and she had a custom, um, like fin, like a latex fin made sure. for her. It was gorgeous, perfect. Yes. Uh, yeah. Apparently, that was too much. So the little old lady rallied other little old, old ladies, and <laughs> it was the citizens' arrest situation. <laughs> it was a tackle thing, and then the cops came out, and they had, and the girl couldn't walk in her fin. <laughs> Lighting people, and then he had like the other PAs like carrying her to this rock. And then when the woman started getting all ornery, they had to carry her back. Like, and so she's helpless. He was just. That's hilarious. I imagine this woman being carried around and being chased by old women trying to hit her with a handbag. It's a. Exactly. Uh, brilliant. Uh, oh, that's a roundabout answer. To, those are one of many reasons. Those are many reasons to your one question. Well, well, well thank you. Um, okay, so you've got the um, the your lady versions of the monsters and stuff on the YouTube channel, but that's not all that's on there, is it? Well, right now it's the only thing that's on there, but uh, my whole channel is based on role-playing games. Right. Uh, there's a lot of girls out there that play video games, and that's mm. what their channel's about, so... Um, again with Keith Baker because I don't know he's my buddy and he makes awesome games um, we actually filmed something that I'm editing right now and then putting my art into sure. which um, I, I can't really describe it but it has Zach's car Zach Smith um, Dodger from uh, Press Heart to Continue and Chloe Dextra as the players and I'm dungeon mastering but um the way it's set up is very specific. Nobody's done it yet. I can't spoil it because if I say it, then someone will do it. Yes. But um, I'm mixing my illustrations in like a wizard format. I don't know if you got, you remember or people out there remember 
the show by Ralph Bakshi called Wizards. Right. Uh, well, the intro narration has these like beautifully illustrated um, pages. And so as the woman is explaining what's going on, the camera pans across them. So I'm actually illustrating all, all the narration that I give the players. So like when I'm describing what the entrance of the cave looks like, you know, or if I'm describing like the inner hall, I'm actually going to illustrate all of them and sure. do that. So it's a, it's a big thing. We filmed it months ago and it's, uh, I got a lot of work to do. <laughs> <laughs> it's always the way, right? <laughs> yeah. we have, it's like we're going to have a game show on it and, and everything it's role playing based. So if anybody wants to, to just leave comments on monster maidens or write me an email at, um, through Facebook or whatever, Twitter, of what they want to see on my channel, it has to do with role-playing games. I'm open to anything because there's a lot of stuff on the internet about role-playing games, but not a lot of free-for-all stuff. It's very, everything's very similar that's on. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, here's a bunch of people playing role-playing games. Right, sure. You know, so like mine is as far outside of the box of how normal people play role-playing games as possibly go. Well, there you so, go. So, again, that's uh, youtube.com slash Phoenix. That's where they'll find that stuff. Yeah, P-H-O-E-N-I-X, because everyone spells it wrong. So here's my here's my serious my serious question, um, and this and this plays into what we were talking about before. Um, I was reading an exchange that uh, Zach Zach Smith from episode thirty nine, also from episode uh, thirteen, um, was having with um, somebody on online, and, and I and it was the the. The air, the the I don't want to say a line because it's you can't really talk about a line in art, but between sort of sexualized art and sexist art, and he was talking about it had that it was to do with uh, the context, like the 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 art director would would uh, commission a whole bunch of pieces of art. Okay, mm-hmm. I'll give you a little bit b- a bigger background here for the audience. Okay, so. Um, when the, the argument came up because there was a, uh, they were talking about I think Pathfinder, mm-hmm. okay, the Pathfinder book, and is it Frazetti or Fra- Frazetta? Uh, Frazetta, right? Who um, who draws in a very particular style, and somebody had um, taken issue with these images as being sexist, 
images and that the that the yeah and people can't see your face yes Satine but <laughs> we'll just assume that Satine went <laughs> something, like <that. laughs> something like that um and uh and yeah so the argument was you know what's the well actually I'm going to make it a question rather than because we're going to rehash that argument but for you what's the difference between um sexist exploitive art in a fantasy milieu and um sexy art um well, it depends on the angle and what it's showing, and and the. We'll assume that there's no nudity here. This is not a, a like a like an actual um, like a, a picture of something specifically to be sexual, but a sexualized version of of something, perhaps, or something that somebody just finds sexy. Um, I think it's the intention of it being made. So, like when when you're an artist and you're drawing something, like you know when you're drawing something that's just sleazy or not. Sure. You know. Rosetta is capturing his fantasy girls. Yes. You know, his fantasy girls are voluptuous and have these like these specific looks in their eyes, and they have these specific poses and characters to them, and the way they move and just sit there or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's like anybody can say anything sexist. Yes. Yeah. Um, if you think it's sexist, and the the artist is being you know, has a sleazy intention to it, then maybe it is. Sure. But, um, but I don't, you know, I don't know. They sort of a lead into a, to a bigger issue, which perhaps you might be able to uh, put your two cents in on as well, which is in terms of attracting girls to the, to the hobby, are, is that going to be an impediment seeing these, um, these types of images? In Not your, at all. In your opinion, no? No. Um, a lot of the girls, uh, a lot of girls that, I found that playing role-playing games, it's their fantasy too. You know, Mm. maybe they're small girls and they're frail and they want to play bigger girls with big boobs and they have, they have their own idea of what is sexy, Mm. you know, and if they want it, and I'm not saying that all girls are going to pick sexy characters, but there are some that, that that is their fantasy and that they want to be that type of a beautiful high charisma character, Mm. you know? So, yeah, um, I specifically look for figurines that are voluptuous and super hot. Like, there's this, I think it's a Pathfinder one. Um, she is a druid, and she is, like, like the, the hottest girl in the universe. And she's, like, what, half an inch tall? <laughs> oh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, I mean, you could say that that's super uh, sexist or whatever you, BS you want to call it. But, like, I actively went out to look for, mm. like, the sexiest figurines I could find because that's what I want. Yes. You know? For sure. I mean, like, like if, I, if you have one painting, say a woman painted a Rosetta, mm-hmm. you know, like, people probably wouldn't say that, oh, that's that's sexist and that's sleazy or whatever because a woman painted it. But yeah, sure. That whole thing is a very specific debate that... It just depends on the the crowd having the discussion, really. You yeah, know? yeah. That, that's the thing about art, isn't it? It's supposed to provoke a, a response. But um, the the line that I was interested in is, is: is that response going? Is that response that the art is going to provoke? Um, is it because a, a work of art on a wall in a gallery, say for example? Um, Unless it's a, like a gallery for buying stuff, like an art, just a people. Somebody produces that piece of art. It only has to be satisfying to that one person, 
right? The person that pr- paints it, it's satisfying to them. And then mm-hmm. it has to be satisfying to one other person who's going to then go ahead and buy it, mm-hmm. right? Whereas a book, like, say, for example, Pathfinder, needs to satisfy, first of all, the artist and then the art director. But then this book is going to be purchased on the basis of however many tens of thousands of people's opinion of it. Well, like, for what I'm doing with the machinations of the Space Princess, the cover is a Space Princess who rules a, um, a sex slave like palace, right? Mm-hmm. Sure. This woman is hot. I tried to do like the hottest alien chick with the big boobies and like two slave lizard men. <laughs> you know, like, that is a really provocative, you know? Yeah, sure. Um, while I'm drawing, like if you go to the Indiegogo, um, you can actually see the, a couple of different sketches that I did of the characters. Sure. One is a necromancer and she is also very smoking hot. The other girl is like a girl that's, um, like a, a mechanic, you know, and she's not voluptuous and she's really clever looking. Like hmm. I would play her because she's so cool yes. and not over sexualized. Right. You know? So like for me, I'm trying to make something that, that isn't all Hollywood, you know, right. that, where there's variety in it. And I think people will play different games or they'll, they'll look at, games less like they're sexist if the artists and the descriptions of all the characters mm. have variety. Yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah, I think that that yeah, I think you're absolutely right. If it was one dimensional, it was all Frazetta images, let's just say for example, then that would that would say something, right? But if you Yeah, got a, it's like the Miss Universe thing. Mm. You know? So it's like, okay, you've got a hundred super hot smoking sexy women of the same body type. Yes, that's, that's right. a little retarded. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, particularly as it's been called Miss uh, Miss Universe when you've got this uh, you've got this alien race you've created on the front cover of your or one of the <laughs> pictures of your thing, right? And maybe they should yeah. be uh, they should be considering her as well. So, um, just in case you're wondering, this moustache is for for Movember. Like, I, I don't yeah, want to. <laughs> I was like, no, I don't just grow a creepy Merv Hughes uh, moustache. Um, bonus <laughs> points for you who knows who Merv Hughes is. But um, so, uh, have you seen James Bond? I just saw it two nights ago. Oh, hmm. well, there you go. Well, spoilers for, yes. spoilers for anybody that's listening out there. But I've got it. So, what did you think of it, first of all? Well, I thought it was awesome. Uh, I mean, okay. I, I mean, it's hard for me to do spoilers because I don't want to ruin anything for anyone. But, like, the whole shaving thing. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's like one of my fantasies. Like, that is cool. I want someone to trust me enough. They'll let me shave their face. Oh, okay. You're you're doing the shaving. You're not be like 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 having. Uh, you weren't projecting onto James Bond. You were actually wanting to be the shaving person. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to. I don't <laughs> trust anybody. That <laughs> not to shave my face. <laughs> yeah, but it's funny. There's a store here. Um, actually, I mean, in LA, San Francisco, probably a lot of big cities. It's called the Art of Shaving. Yes. And. Um, yeah, I actually introduced somebody to that. Now they're super obsessed with it, and nice. they're, they've made their way from like the, the Walgreens razor to the the blade razor that you kind of have to put the blade into the contraption. Yep, sure, yep, yep. And then the next step is the straight razor. Nice, right? Yeah, and then they have like it's really fun because guys get all excited. They have all these products that they put on their faces: the oil, the shaving cream, and then like the after <laughs> oil and and. But they look amazing afterwards. Some guys, some guys. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm not one way or the other. I think I put some aftershave lotion on sometimes because my skin my skin reacts. But this moustache I have right now is actually a pale imitation of the massive moustache that I had before because I did a, a convention and I went in, in costume to promote my book. And I had this big moustache and I could actually twirl the ends of it. But it's really it's really hard to find anything that's strong enough to make the, the moustache actually go pointy at the ends. But I'm guessing yeah. that shop would have it. Mustache wax. Part of shaving, everybody. Dot <laughs> <laughs> com. Um, so you uh, so you like James? Well, so what? Uh, so you like the shaving? The shaving scene. What else did you uh, did did you enjoy about that film? Because I got a couple of very specific questions I'm going to ask you here in a second. Well, um, I kind of like older men, so yeah. uh, I guess they're not much older than me anymore. But <laughs> 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 but like, I just love how masculine. Like James Bond is, you know, Daniel, like there's Daniel something Brady. about that and his dedication to like his country, mm. you know, like that was really cool. And, and I mean, I, I saw the last couple ones with this actor in it and, you know, his passion for like the girlfriend he had and like the like, two previous, mm-hmm. I think Casino Royale yeah. and how like he felt about her versus um, the only other woman he probably ever cried about, which was M. That's right. You know, like, yeah, yeah. That was really cool. Yeah, and it was cool to see like all three of them. Yeah, sure. Well, there's a lot of uh, this. It's a, hum- a very human. Um, it's, it seems to me, at least, to be more human. Okay, so my, my first question is: Who is your Bond of the of the six Bonds? Which one's yours? So we've got Sean Connery. We've got George Lazenby. He was only in one on Her Majesty's Secret Service, but I mean, maybe you saw that and liked it. Um, then we've got Roger Moore, and then Timothy Dalton, Pierce Brosnan, Daniel Craig. Which of those guys is uh, your Bond? Um, the ones that I would watch over and over is Sean Connery. Sean Connery's your Bond? Yeah, just the way he... I mean, I like older movies, too. Like, sure. I like the aesthetic and that... Um, I, don't, I don't know what it's even called. I could draw it for you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he had this this air about him that's like... Yes. I own everything. Mm. Well, <laughs> but a, yes. I, I also like Daniel Craig. Mm-hmm. So for his, like, I'm a robot, but I'm... But, I mean, Sean Connery has that, I, I don't know. I would never date Sean Connery at 007, but I definitely would be a Bond girl. Yeah. There you go. Well, if anybody's listening there, the casting directors out there, then it's the team thinks is available to be in Bond 23. Um, so... Now, one of the things that I noticed about this this film, and I think it goes um, a little bit to what you're saying about Sean Connery, is there was even in the in the in the, the super cool James Bond credit sequence, there wasn't much in the way of like naked girls dancing about the place, and the film itself didn't have much in the way of um, in the way of sort of sex scenes, and. I was yeah. wondering, do you, is it just because I've not seen Daniel Craig really in anything else where he's like tried to be the super romantic, sexy type guy? Like, do you think maybe that's he doesn't have it, and that's why they don't like, and that's why they don't oh, have? Them? No, for me, he has it. He has it in his own way, in his like I don't care about anything kind of way, right? You know, and um, and every once in a while, he just is, he'll give it. You know, it's like super. <laughs> it's not front it's not in everything he does sure. like when he's chasing after the bad guy he's like a robot he's yeah. determined i'm going to go after this yeah pretty girl walks in the room he shifts and he puts on that persona and he sure. goes after her and he uses his charm for that specific uh. thing so I, I really like that but i did like the purpose of the women in this last 007 movie because right. like they were gorgeous, you know, like the many penny, mm-hmm. awesome, yeah, um, beautiful, 
uh, I what was the other girl's name? I, I only remember Money Penny. Um, uh, the 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 sex girl. <laughs> the, the sex girl. The, the sex slave girl. <laughs> <laughs> um, they used her appropriately, you know, yes. like like she had that fear in her eyes. Like oh, she's yeah. gorgeous, but there was mm. like so much depth in her, and I was mm. like, they did they did it right. That's how you should. That's how you should explain women mm. all the time. Yes, you know, in movies, because a beautiful face is a beautiful face, yes. but there's so much more going on behind those eyes. Mm. They really, really um, approached that well. Yeah, they really sold that aspect of it. There's no, there's no question. I, I'm not, I don't recall what her uh, her name was, but yeah, she um, she certainly um, conveyed the idea that she was property, right, and that she wasn't, you know, that she didn't have any of her own sort of. Uh, she 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 showed that she didn't have any self confidence. That seemed to be what it was. Like everything that was it was a facade, right? Um, but she had strength that kept yes. her. Right? So that yes. That was another yeah. thing that yeah. was cool. And yeah. I and you know in my life I identify with that mm. with a lot of things that she like was evoking. Mm-hmm. I was like, man, that's exactly it. They described it exactly that way. The fear, the humility, the strength to keep mm. moving forward. That. Yes trusting some random person to mm. to help them even though they have no idea because really they have nothing to lose other than you know I mean, sure. for her it was she got to escape through sorry spoilers guys <laughs> uh, she got to escape through death mm. you know because but on her own terms though right kind, yeah kind of yeah she found somebody to take over the bad guy mm. and she knew that it was, she was risking her life to do it sure but but she put she put all her eggs in that basket right i mean because i mean maybe i was projecting something that wasn't there but um i also got the feeling that that um she felt like she was like almost had reached her what her shelf life you know like she oh, was like yeah. there's going to be this another new girl coming along here and i don't you know i've got it, it's all or nothing now right it's yeah exactly yeah so yeah, yeah. so powerful. That movie was so good. <laughs> and we can't remember her name. <laughs> and she looks spot on like one of my girlfriends. Mm. Who just started acting and I was like, Oh, is is that her? Oh really? It's really cool. Yeah. Well there you go. All right. Well I think we've um We've gone through quite a few uh, things that aren't even on my list here, Satine. Let's address some of these burning role playing questions. So how many role playing books do you own and what uh, was your first? Um well, I, I don't know how many role-playing books I own. I have a lot, and I keep accumulating them because, you know, I'm in contact with Wizards of the Coast, and I, they send me stuff for my uh, D&D group. Mm-hmm. And I did just get the Monster Manual, but, like, the new reprint of it. Have oh, nice. It? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't... Well, you with, can... like, the gold on the edges. No, I haven't seen that. Yeah, it's gilded. Boom. Oh look at that! Oh yeah, beautiful see the foil right there. Yes, I do see that. Yes, it's nice, and it's uh, yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting dragon there. Oh look at that gilded pages. That's very nice. Is it actual gold? Do you know? I'm sure it is in my head. <laughs> <laughs> That's all that matters, right? <laughs> exactly, and it has this like print to make it look like leather. Oh it's yeah, really cool. Cute. And then it has um, all the old drawings in it. Oh yeah, so it does. Oh, I remember that picture. Yeah. Oh, that's very evocative. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's. A, I think that's. A, that's a. Other. That's a, a Lamia on there. Is it a Lamassu, a Lamprey, and a? I'm trying to remember what was on that page. Oh, you got it. Yeah. I can't. The really weird looking worms there with the people's heads on them. <laughs> 
Yeah, this is really classic. Mm. Um, I'm really in love with this. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to recapture those. When I left New Zealand in nineteen, at the end of nineteen ninety nine, I brought very few of my role-playing things with me. One of the things I didn't bring with me was my my, my advanced Dungeons & Dragons books. I'm kind of like, this, or I don't know, for you, that's like, what kind of decision is that between that and... I oh, think that's I brought- brutal. I would have brought them. <laughs> I would have brought a very big backpack. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, actually, I have all the 3.5 books um, on PDF. Right. On my, and I have a, a majority of the 4.0 on P- in PDF form, sure, and it's on my iPad, but I don't like it as much. I'm old fashioned. I mm. like to have a book, and I like to tear pages, or, or I like to tear pieces of paper, yeah. and stick them between the pages, sure. So I know, you know, it's old school. The PDF <laughs> thing is like, I mean, it's yeah, I don't. Kind of yeah. It's not as fun. <laughs> no, I, oh yeah, for sure. I mean, I think that having that physical book in your hands that was sort of goes back to, um, at least for me, and and this sort of answers the second part of this question: is what was your first book you ever bought? Dungeons and Dragons ish, or, or or role playing in general? Um. Well, I you know my my dad had the original books. Yes. Yeah, I remember you so, saying yeah. You know, so I got those. Um, I don't think I bought any until this year. Oh, you know, right? things just kind of ended up in my lap. I'm a very lucky female that way. Mm. Role-playing <laughs> books, I guess. I mean, it's lucky you're into role-playing. It's like some other girl in the alternate universe gets these role-playing books ending up. And like, what are these books doing in my lap? These <laughs> stupid... <laughs> That's just an image that went off in my head. <laughs> so it, it was the, um, the essentials. The two essentials were the first ones I bought. Right, sure. So... If, what is your, if it's your final role playing supper? Now you can say before execution or before um, if that helps at all, um, or you could just say before people don't know anything about role playing anymore. What what role playing game would you play? <laughs> so obvious, Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> <laughs> sure, okay. And, but, <laughs> yeah, I just, I mean, can't help myself. And you'd go hunting mer mermen and mermaids on hippocampi. <laughs> wait, wait, I guess, I guess. Like mermaids wouldn't ride the hippocampi. Well, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if hippocampi are down with that. I mean, they rode the centaurs in Harry Potter, didn't they? Or was that like the, I can't remember? There was something because well, uh, they're hippocampus. They're um, riding their steeds for the water. Yes, so yep. like made to ride. But like, if a mermaid already has a fin. Would they need to ride a hippocampus? Well, I, I wonder how fast the, hip, the mermaid can go. Can the mermaid go faster than hippocampus? Because we okay. can run. We can run on Earth, right? But we can't run as fast as a horse. So I like that. That's cool. Okay. You win. The big, <laughs> but the big question is, would a merman still look manly? Because he'd have to ride side saddle. <gasps> oh. I'm just saying. But they wouldn't know the difference. If, if everybody had to ride side saddle then it wouldn't make a difference. Oh, it's a star-bellied Sneetches situation. What? It's a star-bellied Sneetches situation. Dr. Dr. Seuss, the star-bellied Sneetches? Sneetches on the beaches? Stars on bars? (laughs) Let me give you a quick synopsis of the star-bellied Sneetches. In the star-bellied Sneetches, there are two types of Sneetches on the beaches. One of the Sneetches on the beach has stars on their belly, and the other doesn't have stars. I can't do the full rhyme because I I must be 20 (laughs) years old. But anyway, so these Sneetches on the beaches, some of them have got stars, some of them don't have stars. Then some guy shows up who's got a machine that can put stars on the bellies. And now the snitches without the stars in their belly, who don't think that they're as cool as the snitches with the stars on their belly, get stars put on their belly in the machine. And now the guy makes the machine to take the stars off the belly. You see where this is going? Yes, I do. And there you go. So, so there you go. That's the snitches on the beaches. Um, <laughs> 
<laughs> so if you could role play with four people, living or dead, who would they be and why? And you can't choose deceased family members or you know friends or something that, that's died and you would just want to see them again. And you can't choose game designers and you can't choose somebody in your current group because obviously that's who you'd want to play with the most anyway. So other than that, four people. Oh, man. You can well, choose dead people, but just not dead relatives so you can see them again. This is a serious role-playing situation. So this is like people that I've never played with before. Uh, well, no, I mean, you can choose people that you've played with before. Because, like, I don't get to see my friends very often, so it would be, like, Zach and Mandy. <laughs> I miss playing with Zach and Mandy. <laughs> I know it sounds really weird, but, like, I love them. Okay, and well, also, that's two people. That's two, huh? you've, got, you've, got, you've got two more. You can choose Daniel Craig if you like. He wouldn't be the first person. Um, I would choose my first dungeon master, right. Dustin Fitzgerald. <laughs> my first and dungeon also, master. Yeah. <sighs> and, then, um, and then my other friend, Jesse, who I first started role-playing with. So it was like the three of us. It was Dustin and Jesse and me, and we'd go on crazy adventures. And they were probably some of my favorite adventures ever. So it would be the two of them and Zach and Mandy. Oh, there you go. And here was me thinking you were going to choose somebody, something like Socrates or, you know, somebody, uh, but no. <clears throat> so, yeah, no, I'm, I'm a simple girl. <laughs> so hell exists, and you were sent there contemned to play a certain style of game for eternity. What would it be and why? And this doesn't mean like a particular... Oh, you got this? Okay, all right, go ahead. No further explanation okay. required. All right, so when I read this question, I was like, I think it wouldn't be... Hey, buddy. I, don't, I think it wouldn't be like the, a game. I think it would be a dungeon master. It oh, would yes. have to be like, it could be any game. Any game could be awesome. Right. It's the dungeon master that can make it not fun. Okay, all right. <laughs> or really sure. boring and make sure. you fall asleep, which I've done. You've fallen asleep times. or you've made people fall asleep? Not me, man. I don't make anyone fall asleep. <laughs> But, yeah, I had fallen asleep. And then once once I fell asleep, once I got really angry and started being bossy. I mean, it was so rude of me. I was really bossy, and I nerded out in a very negative way. <laughs> I won't do it again. I've learned my lesson. Um, but, yeah, it was not that. No, it was bad. <laughs> you want to talk so, about yeah, it? <laughs> if yeah, if you're condemned to hell, it's not what you play. It's who's dungeon mastering. And so, and so what are they going to do? What's going to be? What's going to make it terrible? They're going to be bossy? Uh, they will either um, basically turn it into a video game, a linear video game, which right. says, okay, you can go forward, left, or left. Okay, you come, which way do you go? Um, left. <laughs> okay, now these guys are chasing you, and you run down, and you go left or right. Uh, right? <laughs> you know, it's like, ah. Uh, or they over-explain things to the point where you're like, I just want to play a game. I just want to play. And at the end of the explaining, they're like, okay, we got to go to 7-Eleven now. They're like, oh, my God, it is a lot of play. <laughs> so, yeah, so a game, a game, and who are you playing with? Hmm? Who are you playing with? Who am I playing with? Like, yeah, who's uh, going to be at this table in hell? Really clever people. Who can't be clever because the dungeon master is so bad? <laughs> so you're playing with frustrated other people. It's just a whole. It's just frustration, <laughs> frustration galore. And is the dungeon yeah. master is the dungeon master aware of this frustration, or they just think they're telling the yeah. best story ever? 
oh, yeah, they think that they are doing amazing. The thing about being a dungeon master is it takes a lot of savvy. Mm-hmm. You have to know and you have to be able to read your players mm. and tell when one's getting bored or, you know, and like be able to maneuver the game so that everybody's having a good time, you know? And to do that with people you don't know and still be able to, like, to handle the situation like that's pretty cool yeah yeah it's a it's a, it's a tough job i think and, and quite intimidating for people because there are so many things to to juggle right that's the that's the thing just going to uh, we're just talking about dungeon masters and and, and dungeons dragons and stuff subsequent to our last conversation have you played any uh story games like have you played fiasco or anything like that I did not. I almost played Fiasco. Um, Keith Baker came, you know, to LA, mm-hmm. and he's like, "Oh, you totally have to play this." I'm like, "I know," and then did that <laughs> because life has been getting in the way of all my fun lately. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, life is what happens when you're making other plans. Is that who's that? John Lennon was it? Something like yeah, that. Something like that. <laughs> so, who's your favorite hero, and uh, and why? We talked about villains last time, but who's your favorite hero? No, what do you mean by this question? Well, you uh, you can choose ho- whoever you want. The most compelling good guy, and it, and it can be amb- it can be a little bit ambiguous, I suppose. But the qualities that you like to see in a hero in your in your fiction or in your in your fantasy, or even the sort of characteristics you like your own characters to uh, to embody for the purposes, like you find the, find the most uh, enjoyable or, or admirable or, or something like that. I, I'm a big fan of self sacrifice. Right. Yeah, so, and at the last moment. Everything's okay, and they don't have to actually sacrifice. <laughs> You're a big fan of the idea of self-sacrifice, but not so much not so much the implementation. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, like they would they would do everything and you know risk dying to save whatever. Right. You know, and they would do it. Like maybe they actually do get shot. Mm-hmm. Like there's an episode in Fringe where um, Olivia gets spoilers. <laughs> um, last season spoilers. She gets shot in the head. Right. You know, it was her self-sacrifice. And you're like, oh, my God, she got shot point blank <laughs> in the head. How does she survive this? There's no way she's not going to survive it. Right. And then, like, but she saved two universes. Universe. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say. That is ultimate heroism right there. And then, of course, she's, you know, hanging out with these two brainiacs. And they figure a way to get the bullet out and save her. Well, there you go. I mean, it's lucky the Brainiac, not Legiacs or something like that, right? She's <laughs> shot. Oh, that wordplay is so amusing. <laughs> so um, I'm not going to ask you about your role-playing soulmate, because uh, that's obviously Dungeons & Dragons. But what is it about Dungeons & Dragons particularly that makes it your soulmate? Um, we just fit. Like, there's everything about it, and all the books written have just... Um, they just fit, right? I'm... I like the worlds, and I like the monsters, and I like all the the ideas of characters, the classes, and the way the the universe just kind of Hmm. is put together. It's exquisite to me. Like it's fine. It's finely tuned for my special um, kind ofness. Sure, and, and do you think it's like like music or or like a um, or like a, a like a partner, or a lover of some kind? Like, do you think that you need to run through some games until you find what it is that you're interested in, or just happen to get lucky and find Dungeons and Dragons first? And that's well, that's the funny part is I found Dungeons and Dragons first, and mm. then I tried other games. Uh, you know, I tried Cyberpunk and I tried um, LARPing. Uh, 
Vampire the Masquerade. I've tried Magic the Gathering, and it just doesn't. You just don't. You're right. It's like music or mm. like food. You know, it's just mm. part of my wiring. Mm. For sure. A lot of, some people can like a lot of different things. Like I like a lot of different music, but I'm very, very specific. Like Keith ran me through um, Over the Edge. Yes. And I really liked it. And I liked when he dungeon mastered it, mm. but it's not something that I would go to every weekend. Sure. No, fair enough. I mean, there's no right answer to that question. I'm just wondering if you'd sort of try to intellectualize that, uh, or whether it's just like you just can't, the heart wants what the heart wants. The heart wants what the heart wants. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, what's your worst uh, con experience and why? And I don't, I mean like a, like a role playing type, type convention. Well, I have only gone to Strategicon out here. Sure. And um, that was really fun. I got a, a large suite, and we mm-hmm. had all of our D&D melt boys come out. We had a sleepover. I wore my, like, pajama onesie for the <laughs> <laughs> um, And we just stayed up all night long, just playing game after game. There was, like, too many people in there, and everyone wanted to play different things. That was fun. It was us cool. playing in our room. Mm-hmm. And then outside of the room... It was really cool. Uh, there was people, you know, playing all sorts of different games and so all sorts of different rooms. And that was really exciting. Um, I, it wasn't weird. It wasn't bad or anything, but it was definitely different. Because at Comic-Con, you know, there are girls there. There's a lot of girls there. Sure. At Strategicon. Yes. Oy. <laughs> and I went in costume. I was wearing a corset and my foxtail and like oh my I look like a really sexy assassin <laughs> can you just just backing up for a minute there um, I'm completely mystified by foxtails can you help me out with what a foxtail is all about <laughs> um, it's just the whole like I want to be in, like a humanoid animal type thing because like growing up I'll, all I made were um, like were tigers right. I was like I want to be a were panther I want to be a were tiger so sure. I had a tail and there's something about the tail and it just adds a whole different characteristic to the human body that makes it sure. interesting. Sure. You know, it's like wearing elf ears. You look like a human and you're wearing elf ears. It's kind of awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't worn enough elf ears to, to be able to share that experience with you. But sometimes I see people with those foxtails on and it doesn't match their costume. It's kind of like they just want to put the tail on there. They just want to like, look, I've got a... Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. You're really into this foxtail. Like it, you can, the listeners don't have the benefit of seeing how excited you are about it, but I just don't. I mean, I don't have a problem with it, but I'm like, that seems incongruous, but, I mean, you're, you're having fun, so that's all right with me, but I don't it's understand. Like people that wear vests over shirts. You don't vests. <laughs> I'm not so sure it's quite the same thing. <laughs> a vest is a fashion choice, but okay, I'm adding an appendage. I think it's different. <laughs> yes, for me it's a fashion choice, but my right. fashion is very bizarre. Like, sure. You see pictures of me, like I right now I'm wearing wings. <laughs> I, I didn't. I didn't. <laughs> well, you're, you're right. You're right. It is like has wings. <laughs> you're right. It, it, it does have wings. You're right. It's not like a manta ray, but you've got a head instead of it because it's got this, this thing in the middle of your your chest that's kind of like the sucker on the like a. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Scary. For me, in in LA, I I can wear whatever I want. Mm, I can go in full costume to any place and it not be that weird. Mm, Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, it depends on your frame of reference. 
Like, say, yeah. North, say like a beach in uh, North Carolina or South Carolina? <laughs> uh, I, my character was death from uh, Sandman's yeah. High Castle Living. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or I, death from Sandman. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so I was painted all white. Mm. Like, they spray-painted white on my body, and I had all black on. Yeah. And That's very striking, just, yeah. Yeah, because <laughs> my tattoos and everything. Yeah. And so people were looking at me like, what is that? Yeah, it's pretty It's pretty striking outfit, that's for sure. I don't know if it was, a, I mean, because the couple of the shots I saw were overexposed as well, intentionally, I'm guessing, to really blow out the, the it was really, yeah. You should, you should, where yeah. would somebody go to see those shots? Uh, womenofgeekdom.com. Right. Yeah, um, it's the first calendar. Yes, yeah, for sure. Are you doing another calendar? Are they doing another calendar? They're going to do another one. I might actually put, well, I guess I shouldn't. It's this year. I'll just do it for next year. I'm putting together a calendar for nice. next year then. Okay. I was like, I just made this decision right now to not do it this year because it would it would mess up the sales for women in geekdom, but um, I'm thinking out loud. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> I could edit that out afterwards if you want to, if you want to keep that under your head. <laughs> Um, and so the other thing that I was going to ask about, maybe you saw it, maybe you didn't, but um, I was, this last convention that I was at, there were people that like had like Kenda bags or something like they're like like the like you know like Tasselhoff Burfoot from the Dragonlance series has got the like the Kenda collect stuff, and people had these like bags with no, this doesn't. This is... You mean like like the like super fancy. Um, no, they were like colourful. Well, maybe, maybe and they were just really sort of colourful, and they were they were ex- they were exchanging like strings with each other and different coloured beads and all that. And I didn't. That's not. I, I'm too old for that. I don't know anything <laughs> about that. <laughs> that's something that the new kids are getting into. Is this ex- yeah, I I couldn't miss. So if anybody's listening out there and wants to tell me what that's all about, then. Uh... <laughs> Yeah, tell us because we're both. Interested. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, we're just you're su- we're such old fuddy daddies. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the the reason I was asking about the the worst con experience, um, it sort of goes along with the the best the best con experiences. I'm trying to to sort of distill what because when you go along to a convention, oftentimes you know. It's an expensive undertaking. You've got to get there first of all, if it's not in the town that you live in, and then you've got you've got to you know pay for room and you've got to um, you know get your food and so on and so forth. And and while I'm happy to spend that money on doing that, um, it's really the you want to be try and make sure you get into games that are fun and and things that are fun. So I was sort of angling at at stuff that people have experienced that have made their their convention you know less fun than it perhaps could have been. So going to the flip of that, what um, what are some particular things that you like about cons or you like to see in a con game? Um, well, I I am old school and I like the freedom to be dungeon master specific. Right. Um, I like it when um, a dungeon master is like, okay, you know all the rules for 4th edition. That's great. Well, this is how I play it. And, and that way the people are more involved with playing playing the game than worrying about the rules. Right. You know, trusting the dungeon master versus spending a half hour debating some stupid rule that, you know, like takes 10 minutes to look up. And, you know, it's just, I think if there were less sticklers for rules, I think it it would make the con experience more fun. Right. For sure. Okay. So, so listen, so, so item one would be, um, don't, be a dick about the rules. Just like, just let the game master run it the way that they're going, and try and enjoy the story. It's not a, it's not a, like a, a law court where you get to debate the use of the the rules, right? Like, just let the story unfold. Thing yeah, yeah. Because if I was, if I only played third edition, 
And then I was playing a fourth edition game for the first time, and I didn't know all the rules. Like, the players can be really mean. <laughs> they can be really, really mean. I right. mean, to the point where, like, the different the different game houses in Los Angeles, like, I'm over at Meltdown Comics, and there's, like, Emerald Knights and these other ones. Um, they all are very specific. Like, mine is a free-for-all. Right. Emerald Knights is specifically for people who really are obsessed with um, rules, right. right? Yes. So, I mean, I wouldn't... I like those guys. Those are great guys. But, I mean, I wouldn't go over there just like they wouldn't come to mm. my game because of that. So, sure. I think that if, if people would stop being so ornery, I think the gaming experience would be more fun. <laughs> Unless you like being ornery about rules, in which case, <laughs> check that out ahead of time. Well, exactly. Like, okay, so this table is a stickler table. Mm. Yeah. Right, you know, if everybody knows that ahead of time, yes, and they can filter. Right. Yeah, for sure. So when you're doing your description, be upfront about that. Maybe that's something worthwhile putting in. You're like, this is strict D and D fourth edition rules, or this game will be strict third edition rules, or this will be a loosely interpreted version of fourth edition, or something like that. Would be a, a valuable thing to have in the description. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Because there's nothing wrong with with sticklers about rules. I mean, I wish my memory was good enough that I could remember every single rule. Right. You know, I'm just not that type of person. Oh, sure. Oh. Yeah, there's nothing, nothing wrong with that. So uh, what are your rules for, and what are the best role-playing snacks? And I got a hor- some horror stories from um, from Zach and Mandy a couple of weeks ago about the the, the, the role-playing snacks that, uh, that Mandy likes, at least. But uh, what about yourself? Well, I prefer... <laughs> apples and um i bring a veggie tray every week um, you're straying into dangerous territory here <laughs> however what ends up happening is everyone else brings junk food and i eat all the junk food first <laughs> so my girlfriend's brought bread pudding she made like a vat of oh bread my goodness that's my favorite thing ever is bread pudding oh she made some best ones i eat half of it <laughs> just half like it's very restrained emotional right now I need all <laughs> um, but actually the best one that I would like to own or I like to claim that I invented is something that we do every month over at Meltdown okay um, it's I have a pancake breakfast and I invented nice. the the bacon Nutella pancake taco oh my goodness that sounds delicious it is Decadent. amazing. <laughs> so what you do is you water down the pancakes, right? right? And you make it not very big at all. So maybe a, a quarter of an actual pancake size. Mm-hmm. So maybe like the palm of your hand. Mm-hmm. That's called uh, a pikelet where I come from. A what? That's called a pikelet where I come from. Oh my goodness, I cannot repeat that word. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you can say a pikelet. A pi- a pi- oh, I can't do American accent. A pikelet? Pikelet. <laughs> He just said yeah. a pikelet. He said. So you take that, um, but you water down the pancake mix so that you can actually get almost not crepe thin, but mm. like fluffier, less fluffy than pancake, thicker than a crepe. And then right. you put the Nutella on it, and you put a bacon in it, and you fold it, and you've got a taco. There you go. Uh, do you have a name? <laughs> do you have a name for that? It's. The bacon Nutella pancake taco. Oh, so you don't? Oh, of course. Like you know, I thought I was hoping for some sort of snappy kind of. This is called a blah blah blah. This is a satin, or this is a. It's satin's best. 
That's a that's the brand. Satine's uh, best. Satine's <laughs> best banana pikelet. Not tell it. I'll put pikelet in there for you. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like the description is the name because uh, exactly. Awesome. Exactly, but they don't call a cake a flour, sugar, uh, egg, baking powder, butter <laughs> thing. Things individually sound awesome. Pancakes always sound awesome. Nutella always sounds awesome. That's and true. Bacon always sounds awesome. It's kind of like a supergroup of food, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it's like the chicken foot or the uh, velvet revolver of, uh, of breakfast foods. Well, the thing about my games is I, I don't know. I have to do something because I get so involved that I just, I'm shoveling food in my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Stand back! <laughs> and every Sunday, I end up with a huge tummy ache at the end of the day. I'm like, this isn't healthy. I can't, I can't do this. And then you do the same thing again next week. <laughs> <laughs> I probably will. <laughs> Excellent. Okay, so... Um, we've got a couple of versus questions for you here, um, and you can. Choose, they're not necessarily going to have a fist fight, but if, if you and if you're that way inclined, then by all means, you can pit them against each other. Luke Skywalker or Harry Potter? Wait, what? What? What are the rules of this game? The, 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 well, which do you prefer? Oh, ah, oh, crap! Or, or who would? Win, or who would win in a fight? You can, you can, you know, you can say that as well, or both. This is a complicated. Who would you take home to your parents? Or uh, who do you think would be the best water skier? That's not fair. That's like fantasy versus sci-fi, and I love them both. Um, Skywalker is pretty awesome, but also Harry Potter has magic. And you, and know, you can talk to versus magic. This isn't. This isn't fair. This game has been rigged. <laughs> well, who do you like best as a character then? Um. I, I don't know. I like them both. I'm afraid this is one of those bachelor or bachelorette situations. You can only take one of them home. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess it depends because, I don't know, like Harry Potter's, like when he, as, as he's been growing up, he's really cute. So, no. <laughs> Skywalker's a lightsaber. He flies space. It's a very complicated question. <laughs> you don't find Luke at all whiny? Like, oh, Uncle Owen, I was going to go and hang out with my friends and wherever it was he was going to hang out. We're both kind of whiny. <laughs> Think about it. Harry Potter's like, oh, my family. <laughs> what do you mean, oh, my family? His, his parents were killed by Voldemort, and you're giving him shit for that? <laughs> oh, grow up. Your parents just got killed by an evil wizard. <laughs> We've all got problems, you know. I broke a nail on my way over here. <laughs> but what I'm saying is their, their whininess on both ends is perfectly fine with me. Are you like whininess? No, but it's okay. As long as they make up for it. I probably break up with both of them in the first three months. But <laughs> at least, I don't know, maybe magic would be worth it. Because that's pretty great. So maybe Harry Potter. Yeah, the- <laughs> You sound so torn. I mean, yeah. I'm really torn. I really like sci-fi. It's... And I really like magic. <laughs> well, you, you'll, have, you'll have to mull that one over. What do you think about um, Indiana Jones? <laughs> okay, oh, there you go. Harry Potter. Indiana Jones or Han Solo? Indiana Jones. Why Indiana Jones? Um, I just like all he's, um, he's a teacher, oh. you know? And he, and he hunts for specific artifacts that are amazing. So I love that. Mm-hmm. I always wanted to be Laura Croft. Yeah. You know? So I'm really into that. Oh, you're going along with him? You're going to be a sidekick? 
Oh yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. I wouldn't even I wouldn't even break his heart. <laughs> I could, but I wouldn't. <laughs> and he always expects them, you know, by the girls, but But I you wouldn't you wouldn't treat him like that. <laughs> no, I would need his companion for sure. Would would it be a romantic interest there or would you just be like kinda of like Doctor Who's sidekick? Well, I mean, everyone knows about Rose Tyler. She's a romantic interest. You don't think that would compromise his uh, his single-minded sort of um, drive that he has for achieving his goals, having, you know, Satine or, or whatever your character's name would be, like like going along side by side? Or would you be like, a, you'd be like holding the guns and he'd be like grabbing the, the loot? Oh, God. This, co- this, this question is very complicated also because <laughs> now I feel torn. It's like, would I? Would I? No. I mean, maybe I would. But then if... I think... I think that I would... I would give in and I would be a love interest and I would hold his guns until something stupid happened and then be slipped up and I ended up dying because that's what happened. No, no. No, you'd be prepared to sacrifice yourself for him but then you wouldn't have to. No, no, but I would because that's (laughs) Right to these guys, their girlfriends always die. Right, right, yeah. Well, it's it's tough. So it's hard being a companion. <laughs> <laughs> so you put a lot more. You put you really put yourself in that position. You get right into that character, like right there. People don't have the advantage of seeing you, but in, like I can see your face. And you're like you're thinking about swinging around on vines. There's people shooting guns at you and all that sort of thing. And you, well, I've always wanted to be a companion for Doctor Who. Since I don't know if everyone knows, but like I'm a huge fan. Like I, I have a little smart car that's blue right? and it nice. says TARDIS on it. Nice. I'm, I mean, I am nice. obsessed with Doctor Who in a very rational kind of way. Not, <laughs> not I mean, how could it possibly be, be irrational being obsessed about a uh, fictional character? Um, so-, <laughs> <laughs> so I put a lot of thought into that actually. But I never thought about it like the way you put it before. <laughs> now I feel really bad for, like taking up their time in my head. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm sure that they're missing that time dreadfully. So, who's your doctor then? David Tennant. Oh, not even a hesitation. Boom, David Tennant. Why David Tennant? Um, there's he had that charm, and I like his interaction with Rose Tyler. That like that they really loved each other but they couldn't or they wouldn't you know because he's a time lord I mean the whole story you know, like, <laughs> he's, like, he's a time lord <laughs> <laughs> you know like they actually approach it and they talk about it really? and then she's like I know and I still want to be your companion mm. so yeah oh, unrequited and love it, you know so if you go to my Facebook uh, my Facebook fan page sure so I went to London recently, yes. and my friends drove me all the way to Wales just to go to the Doctor Who experience. Is that right? Oh, my yes. God. <laughs> it was amazing. So, like, it's pretty silly. Like, they send you on this linear, like, roller coaster like, experience. Then, they, then you're set off into the museum part, but they had the David Tennant um, tar- inner TARDIS. Right. And so there's a picture of me. Cause I, I do this thing where I photobomb my own pictures. Um, <laughs> I so don't like, even know how you would do that. <laughs> my eyeballs are always at the bottom of the picture. Oh, sorry. Yeah, sure. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I was taking a picture of myself with that in the background, and one right. of my friends caught 
um, he was taking a picture of it because he's like, this is so ridiculous and awesome. And so I've got this stupid smile on my face. Like I have reached heaven, like actual <laughs> heaven. And like, I'm like leaning back over the rails, taking a picture and then I got the TARDIS and then there's a screen. Um, they're playing the part where, um, David Tennant re- regenerates. Right. So he's no more, no longer David Tennant. He's now Matt Smith. Right. But they're, he, my friend caught him, like right as it's like David Tennant's face. You got David Tennant's face, David Tennant Tardis, and me and my stupid mug, like, <laughs> like little girl, like little sixteen-year-old girl. <laughs> so, do, do you like my my doctor is uh, Tom Baker? Um, he's very good too. He's with the, uh, and, I, and I wonder whether because um, Tom Baker was the first doctor that I saw. Um, like the, the the programs were actually coming out when I was uh, like the the actual programs were coming out at the time I was watching it rather than watching them you know like back in time like John Pertwee and so I think I might have seen a few John Pertwee um, like is is, it go, is it John Pertwee and then Tom Baker and then John Davidson is that I don't I don't remember <laughs> I just remember yeah. David Tennant <laughs> David Tennant he's not my well, everybody says you fall in love with your first doctor. Right. Right. Um, but Eccleston was my first doctor. Yes. But I also like the old black and white ones a yep. lot. Yes. You know, so, because I like old things. Yeah, that that was the first crossover that I ever saw. Was um, was when well, not crossover is not the right word, but but I really loved the idea of all the doctors being together. Like they had a they had an episode where I think the first five. Doctors were all in an episode with their sidekicks, so it had. Oh, that's great! Yeah. I saw one where there was three doctors. Yeah, I, I think oh, no, maybe I, that was one. Maybe, maybe, well, maybe it wasn't. Maybe it wasn't five then, because I seem. I'm just trying to remember all of them, but there was. Yeah, I can't. Maybe. Oh, I guess we'll have to look it up. <laughs> Somebody will just have to go ahead and look it up. Okay, <laughs> um, what about um, Princess Leia or um, Arwen? <laughs> you couldn't look less interested. <laughs> you couldn't look less. Princess Leia. You Princess Leia. She's a, a badass. Yeah. Yeah. She's kind of cool. She, yeah. She. She is. But uh, she I, fights cause. That's good. Sure, but but uh, Arwen's magic. <laughs> yeah, which is really strange. I'm more passionate about about the boy ones and the girl ones. Okay, but well, I really like Princess Leia though. Okay, so what about um, Indiana Jones or Deckard from Blade Runner? Um, yeah, Blade Runner. Yeah, and he had that like, I you know he's kind of a lost puppy. I really like that, but he's, you know, and he's really smart. I like that. Oh boy, this is really hard. It's really sci-fi, but I do really like Indiana Jones. Ah. I'll just take Harrison Ford for five hundred. <laughs> well, in that case, I'm going to force you to take him in six days and seven nights. Um, so, <laughs> so did you, uh, you? Are you aware of Ridley Scott and the replicant thing with Harrison Ford, or no, Deckard? That Deckard is oh, that-, that people think that he's. Uh, uh, a replicant. Well, Ridley Scott confirmed that he was a. Oh, I did not know that. Oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! You just broke my reality. Really? <laughs> oh my god! Wow! So he confirmed it. Yeah. Wow. Well, that happened. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> <laughs> and now if you go back and, and watch it, knowing that he is a replicant, a whole lot of other things sort it's of jump beautiful. jump out. It is. A replicant hunting replicants. Yeah, yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah. Oh, that's that's juicy. That's nice. But, oh, hmm. Okay. <laughs> so now Deckard for sure or not Deckard anymore? Indiana Jones because you want a real man. Because uh, I, I so. <laughs> Deckard's not a real boy. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I guess I do like, you know, human. I do like human. So, uh, but if one is human and one's a robot, then I could have both, right? Uh, but you're making I the like rules here. I my cake and eat it too. I will take my solo, <laughs> Indiana Jones. And Deckard. There you go. Well, you're the uh, you're the guest, so you can you can have uh, you can have whatever you want. Um, so for all the marbles, then, Satine, if you had one role playing related wish, what would it be? My wish would be that somebody would fund Keith Baker and I to create a role playing game together. Ladies and gentlemen, Satine Phoenix. That's it for episode 41 of Penny Red. For any questions or comments arising from the show, Daniel at HazardGaming.com. If you want to purchase the book, go to HazardGaming.com and click Buy Victoria. If you want to get the PDF for a special price, scroll down on the right-hand side till you're across from the field for entering your email address and you'll be able to get it for six ninety nine. Next week's episode just might contain the question to the ultimate question of life, the universe, and everything. So you better tune in then. And until next week, keep talking the walk. <laughs>